Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, where our feet should stand within our gates. Oh, Jerusalem, give God a great hear, clap, clap of praise. I couldn't wait to get in the house of the Lord. I was glad. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We magnify you. God, we glorify you. We couldn't wait just to get it. We had a long week. But the mere fact that we're still we in your presence, God, we thank you and we love you. We love you, Jesus. We honor and adore you. God, we thank you and we love you. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Bethel. Good morning. Amen. Our scripture will be coming from Psalms 21st to the 5th verse. And it reads as such. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. Keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorable on your burnt offerings. May he grant you heart desire and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear your victory and raise the victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God, once again, we come today just to say thank you. God, thank you for keeping us just through another week. God, we thank you and we honor you, God. God, we had a long week. You bring a breeze over troubled water. God, the mere fact that we still standing here, breath in our bodies, still able to lift our hands and give you honor and give you glory. We will say thank you. God, have your way today as we prepare to go into this service. God, bless the man servant who will come forward to break the bread of life. God, that you will dip them down in wisdom well. Bring him up a brand new creature. Triple his anointing, God. Cover him and keep him and protect him. God, bless his, his helpmate. Lady Tara, God, continue to keep her and build her up with what she, she need to be. God, have your way as a whole. Bless Bethel Baptist family as a whole. God, continue to cover us and keep us. Put us where you need to put us, God. We be so careful to give you honor and glory. And all of God's people said, amen. God deserves all glory. God deserves every honor. And without a doubt, God deserves the praise. So I dare you to take about 10 seconds, even if you're at home, wrapped in the best blanket you got, to begin to give the Lord glory wherever you are. I dare you to wave your hands. I dare you to say hallelujah. I dare you to say thank you, Jesus, because glory and honor, I feel it already, belongs to the Lord. He is the one true living God. He is El Shaddai.
to God be the glory <laughs> to God be the glory to God oh, be the glory for the With his love, with his love, he has saved me. With his power, you, he has raised, he has raised me. So to God, to For he has done great things. He has done great things. He, he has done great things.
is precious. When you're lonely and you're in despair, just call on the name of Jesus. He'll be right there. If you're at home, wake up your puppy and say, God's name is precious.
His name is precious. His name is Jesus. He is the one who can make it all right. It's something about when you got to suffer a little while. There's something about when you have to suffer just a little while. And a part of you knows that you're on your way out. But a part of you is still trying to figure out how did you get in. Can I be honest? I'm not always ready to go to my next go through. Can I be honest? Some of the things I go through don't feel too good to me. Some of the situations I have to be in, they don't always feel the best. Sometimes it makes me doubt. Sometimes it makes me wonder. Sometimes it draws me to go to my knees in prayer. But I come to let you know this morning that we know a man who has all power. I know a man that can contradict your doctor's report. I know a man that can contradict your credit report. I know a man that can contradict what people say about you. Listen to the words of the song. So they say, so they say that your sin, disease, disease has filled your body. The doctors the have thrown.
Too hard. 
you really know the man. Clap him like you know exactly who I'm talking about. Clap him like you know him as your savior. Clap those hands like you know him as your healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We greet you in divine love to let you know that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Amen. And we are so elated uh, that you have uh, chose Bethel Baptist Church as your place of worship. Uh, today, amen, you could have chosen any other church on the World Wide Web, but you chose to settle in right here with us in the great metropolis of Kannapolis, North Carolina, amen. So we pray that you feel the love that emanates from our heart to yours. If you're visiting with us today, uh, if you were here in the building, we'd give you a great big hug. Uh, if we were not in the midst of a pandemic, but since we are in the midst of a pandemic, since you're not in the building, just put down in the comment section that you are a visitor. Let us know where you're visiting from. Let us know your church name. And then somebody from Bethel Baptist Church is going to greet you right there in the comment sections and welcome you to Bethel Baptist Church. Amen. We're going to get ready to give to the Lord for us in and through our giving that we are blessed. Uh, and as we're getting ready to give to the Lord, why don't you go ahead and let us know that you're watching. Uh, send us your comments. Let us know that you're with us. You can hit the heart. Uh, you can put it in the comment section. However you choose to let us know uh, that you are on, we ask that you would do that right now. Amen. Amen. So we have multiple ways, multiple ways that you can give here at Delta Baptist Church. Uh, you can give by way of downloading the Church Center app today. Uh, whether you have iPhone or Android, you can download the Church Center app. Search for Delta Baptist Church. Once you get there, uh, go to the Giving tab and click on Give. Uh, you can put in the amount of money that you choose to give and designate where you would like for that money uh, to go. Also, you can give by way of mailing in or dropping off your envelope to 2474. Dale on Hart Boulevard, right here in Kannapolis, North Carolina, 28083. Again, that is 2474 Dale on Hart Boulevard, Kannapolis, North Carolina, 28083. Also, you can text to give, send a message to 84321. 
type the amount that you want to give in the message box, uh, and then we will receive uh, your offering and your tithe by text to give. And then last but certainly not least, if you're watching on the website, you can go to the top of the page, click on the giving tab, and it will take you directly into our PayPal account. So multiple, multiple ways that you can give. Uh, as always, we don't prefer uh, one way or the other when it comes to your giving. We are just grateful that you continue to give and that you continue to support the ministry uh, through your tithe and through your offering. And it is because of your generosity uh, that we are able to continue being a blessing to this community and beyond. Amen. I trust that you've had ample time now to prepare those offerings going to ask now if you would lift those offerings to the Lord uh, as we get ready to go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you now for this opportunity to sow into your kingdom. We pray now that no one will suffer for what it is we are doing on today, God. But God, we pray that you would bless us. Lord, you said in your word that if we give, you would cause men to give back into our bosom, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So God, we thank you now for the increase that shall come into our lives. Lord, we pray a special prayer also for the individual who has a desire to give today, but they just don't have it. Bless them now, Heavenly Father. God, bless them so much so that the next time we're taking up an offering, they're able to give out of an abundance due to the way that you have blessed them. Now, Father, as always, we pray that the uplifting of this offering will go to further your kingdom and your cause. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you and thank you so much uh, for your generosity. Thank you for your offering. Thank you for your tithe. Amen. Just want to shout out a couple of individuals, amen, that are watching with us on our YouTube channel. Amen. We want to thank God for Sister Tanya uh, McNeil, Deacon Luther and Loretta Robinson is watching, Deacon Benita and Alan Anderson is watching, uh, Deacon Trina Ship is watching with us, Keisha and Mike Miller, Alicia Broadway, Tony and Harriet Franklin, Demetria Turner, Elder Demetria Turner is watching, Minister Kimberly Middlebrooks, uh, Jacqueline Cobbler is watching, Michelle President, my mother-in-law Bob Hammond is watching with us, Elder uh, Jeffrey Walton and Elder Robin Walton is watching with us on YouTube as well, uh, Deacon Maurice and Denise Lyle, God bless you, uh, they're watching with us, Tony and Vivian Knox, Amen, Keem and Bianca uh, Mulligan, they're watching with us, uh, Frankie Hammond, my aunt is watching with us as well, Sister Irish Benton. Brother Tony Ford, my man, good to see you uh, on with us this morning. Amen. I don't know uh, who Lucy Lovebags is, but thank you for watching with us on this morning. Uh, we appreciate you uh, joining us. Amen. Dietra Tate is watching as well. Amen. Over on our you, uh, sorry, over on our Facebook channel, Facebook uh, page rather, uh, we have Elder Mary Johnson is watching with us. First Lady Shirley Wilson is watching with us. Uh, Sister Jerlene Allison, God bless you. Thank you so much uh, for watching with us. Miss Patricia Clowney, all the way in Savannah, uh, Georgia, is watching with us. Stephanie Carmichael, God bless you so much. Amen. Sister Cheryl Lynn Roseboro Heath is watching with us. Joyce Wright, uh, God bless you. Uh, amen. Uh, Deja is watching with us. Uh, Shalmar and Danis Johnson, God bless you guys. Amen. We're continuing to pray with you all. Sister Deborah Johnson is watching. Constance Klutz is watching as well. Amen. Patsy Bloom is watching. Amen. Uh, even as the inbox come through while I'm looking. <laughs> Good morning to you, uh, Patsy Bloom. Thank you so much for watching. Dawn Johnson-Smith and the 
rest of my Johnson family is watching with us. Amen. God bless you for that. Amen. Sister Daniels is watching. God bless you. My mother, Geraldine, is watching. Philip uh, Hammond, Deacon, Geraldine and Philip Hammond is watching. My mother, grandmother, Eunice Blakeney, is watching. Amen. And Lottie Dottie, everybody, Sharon, Kim, B, uh, Bianca, Miles, TJ. We, we include everybody today, my whole family. And then, of course, my wife and Jolie, uh, Keon, God bless you guys. Amen. Sister Anna Hammond is watching. Chuck Stewart is watching. Uh, good to see you, child. Uh, Linnell Draper is watching. I saw my good friend, uh, Tanya Butler, is on as well. Uh, so God bless you. First Lady Yashonda Miller. Yashonda Miller, God bless you. Minister Kim Weeks, Monica Flo. The list goes on and on. Paula Harden, God bless you. Good to see you. Angela Wilson, amen. God bless you. Amen. Brother Brown is on. P.P. Brown is watching. Amen. So many uh, others are watching. Brother Jonathan Stenback. Uh, if we had the time, we would call out everybody, but we cannot. Uh, so we just want to thank God for all of you uh, who are watching. Sharika Dawkins, Brenda Davis, amen. We thank each and every one of you. Amen. If you have your Bibles, there is a word from the Lord today. I'm going to ask if you would turn with me now to Psalm 88. To Psalm 88. Amen. Teresa uh, Willis-Moss is watching. God bless you. Melinda Delahasse. I see you on there. Psalm 88, while you're turning there, thank God for Regina Liscom as well. Amen. Kimberly Livingston. Amen. They still, they are still chiming in. The Squirrel family, God bless you. Psalm 88, New Living Translation. I'm going to do a good bit of reading today, so uh, when you have it, you can begin to send us some hearts. You're in the building when you have it. Just say the man, um, or if you want to rest to your feet, that's fine. God bless you. Uh, Penny Benoni, we see you watching with us. Psalm 88, New Living Translation, verse number 1. I'm going to read down to verse number 13. Here's what it says. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O oh Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? Verse 13. Oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. This morning I want to speak to you from this topic. Discovering victory in the valley. Discovering victory in the valley. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you now for this day, for this is the day that you've made. 
we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to assemble ourselves one more time in your presence, God. Some of us in the sanctuary, some of us around our computer, our iPhone, or our iPad. But God, nonetheless, we're grateful to be assembled. And so now that we are here, speak to us with clarity as only you can do. There's one here today that does not know you. The free part of their sin, convict, convince, and persuade right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, help me now to teach and to preach your word with the Holy Ghost boldness, but not with an arrogance. Hide me now behind the cross so that the people will see none of me, but all of thee. Now may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, draw my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Adrian Means, good to see you, my brother on here. Uh, my auntie, Sister Harding, God bless you. Discovering victory in the valley. Sometimes life seems hard to bear, full of sorrow, trouble, and woe. It's then I have to remember that it is in the valley I grow. If I always stayed on the mountaintop and never experienced pain, I would never appreciate God's love and my living would be in vain. I have so much to learn, and my growth is very slow. Sometimes I need the mountaintops, but it's in the valley that I grow. I do not always understand why things happen as they do, but I am very sure of one thing. My Lord will see me through. My little valleys are nothing when I picture Christ on the cross. He went through the valley of death. His victory was Satan's loss. Forgive me, Lord, for complaining when I'm feeling very low. Just give me a gentle reminder that it's in the valley that I grow. Continue to strengthen me, Lord, and use my life each day to share your love with others and help them find their way. Thank you for the valleys, Lord, for this one thing I know. The mountaintops are glorious, but it's in the valley that I grow. My brothers and sisters, no matter how long we have been on this Christian walk, and regardless of what titles or positions we may have, we all still have some valley experiences in this journey called life. It does not matter how gifted you are. It does not matter how educated you are. It does not matter how wealthy you are. And it does not matter how anointed you are. None of us will stay on the mountaintop forever. Which means that there will be times when you, with your gift itself, will end up in the valley. There will be times when you, with your educated self, will end up in the valley. There will be times when you, with your wealthy self, will end up in the valley. And there will even be times when you, with your anointed self, will end up in the valley. How can I be so sure that we all will have our share of valley experiences, you may ask? It is because the Bible tells us in John chapter number 16, verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I can also be sure that we all have, will have our share of valley experiences because Job chapter number 14, verse number 1, says that a man 
that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. So we all will have our valley experiences that we must go through. And the reason that I bring this up this morning is not to make anyone fearful of the valley, but I bring it up to remind you that you need to remain faithful while you're in the valley. See, whenever you find yourself in the valley, you can do one or two things. You can either play the victim and succumb to defeat, or you can claim the victory en route to your deliverance. And that's is what I'm trying to convey to you uh, through this short exegetical dissertation, dissertation is simply this. It is not a question of if you will go through the valley, but the question is when and how will you go through the valley? In your valley experience, will you be found blaming God or will you still be found blessing God? It is in the valley that you will have to make a choice to be a victim or become a victor. In our text this morning, we have a man who was dealing with a valley experience. He is dealing with a deep depression. He is dealing with some issues that he have. And as you read through Psalm 88, it can be heartbreaking and gut-wrenching because uh, we have a man before us uh, who literally does not want to continue to live. This particular psalm paints the picture of a defeated man. It paints the picture of a discouraged man, and it paints the picture of a depressed man. This man feels defeated, discouraged, and depressed because he believes that he has no future. This man feels defeated, discouraged, and depressed because he believes uh, that, that, that he has no friends. This man feels de defeated, he feels discouraged, he feels depressed because he believes that he has no foundation. His life has been this way for many years and he sees no end to his valley experience. Have you ever been there? Somebody, you're there right now. And perhaps if it's not you, uh, do you even know someone who has fallen into the depths of despair? If so, I believe that the answer to this man's problems and the answer to the problems you may have today can be found in our text this morning. Even in the dark despair of this particular psalm, because I know some of you was like, where in the world is he going with this? This, this is depressing. Lord, we just finished praise and worship. He just brought us all the way down. But the truth of the matter is, just because everybody around you is smiling, just because they are singing along with praise and worship, just because they mustered up the strength to lift their hands, just because they happen to crack a smile, it does not mean that they are not going through discouragement, despair, or depression. And so when I look in this text, even in dark despair of this particular song, I can still see some reasons for hope. And not only do I see hope, but I see a few things that will help us uh, to discover victory in the valley. 
Look at what it says in verses 1 through 5 again real quick. It says, O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. If we're going to discover victory in the valley, uh, the first thing we must do while we are in the valley is maintain our connection to God. Maintain our connection to God. At first glance of the passage, uh, uh, when reading this scripture, it seems though there are no positives to take away from what is written. But upon further investigation, we are able to see that in spite of all of this man's problems, this man kept on praying. Watch this. He prayed invariably, which means uh, that he prayed always and without exception. Uh, it is in verse number one, uh, we see where he said that he prayed day and night. Then when you get to verse number nine, it says that he prayed each day. And then in verse number 13, it says that he will keep on pleading day by day. Listen, we don't know what this man's affliction is. Uh, but we do know that it has made him feel defeated, discouraged, and depressed ever since he was young. Uh, but in spite of how he is feeling, and regardless of his situation, he never stops praying. And herein lies a great revelation from this example. And it is that your circumstances were never meant to, to interfere with your prayers, uh, but your prayers were meant to interfere with your circumstances. Woo! I can get a benediction out of that. You, you, you have to understand, watch this, that your circumstances were never meant to interfere with your prayers. But your prayers were meant to interfere with your circumstances. Okay, somebody don't get it that way, so let me say it this way. Uh, uh, whatever you're going through should never cause you to stop praying. But when you are praying, whatever you're going through can't stop you from still raising your hands. It can't stop you from still saying hallelujah. See, watch this. Prayer knows how to bring a halt about your circumstances. You can still be in the midst of the valley, but because of the prayer you just came out of, it still may be dark, but there's a light shining down on the inside of you because prayer has a way of interfering with your circumstances. You got to understand, even in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 8, it tells us to always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Watch this. I don't care what the circumstances may be. You can still find a reason to be thankful. I don't care what situation you are in. You still should not be without an occasion as to which you ought to raise your hand and say, God, I bless you. I don't care what the situation may be. Uh, there, should nothing, there should be nothing going on uh, in your life that can rob you of giving God any glory for what you have going on in your life. But it's not just in 1 Thessalonians, but even in Psalm 55, verse 16 and 17. It says, but I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. When we understand the power in prayer, we will never misunderstand 
the purpose of prayer. One more time, when we understand the power in prayer, we will never misunderstand the purpose of prayer. It is our prayers that interferes with our circumstances, and that is why we should pray without ceasing. We should pray always without exception. Not only does this man pray invariably, watch this, but he also prayed intelligently. He, he directed his prayers toward God and God alone. Four times God is referred to as Lord in this man's prayers. He, he refers to God as Lord in verses 1, verses 9, verses 13, and in verse 14. This word Lord in, in the Hebrew is translated Jehovah, and, and it is the name of God that refers to him as the covenant keeper. This, this name tells us uh, that, that he is the God who keeps faith with his people. He, he, he is the God who never fails his people. So when this man calls out to God, uh, he is not calling on him casually, but he is calling on him consciously. <laughs> he, he, he's not calling on him casually. Watch this. Even the atheists call on him casually. Let, let his car spin out of control. And before the atheist even know it, he said, oh, my God. But he's calling on him casually. <laughs> but when you have a relationship with God, you don't call on God casually, but you call on him consciously. You call him by the name by which you know he has to respond. He called him Jehovah, the covenant keeper. God, I'm down here in the valley. But I'm down here with some promises. <laughs> and I'm calling you so that you'll know that you promised me this. You said bring it to your remembrance. So God, I know what you promised me. He, he calls him Lord. He, he, he's not calling on him casually. He's calling on him consciously. He, he's not calling on him as a stranger, but he's calling on him as a savior. He's not calling on him haphazardly, but he's calling on him hopefully. Woo! In other words, watch this. He is teaching us that when we pray, we should not pray from a place of religion, but we should pray from a place of relationship. Woo! Okay. Here's what Jesus had to say about it in Matthew chapter number 6, verse 5 through 8. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogue where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, here it is, and pray to your father, relationship, in private. Then your father, relationship, who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father relationship knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. When we are going through our valley experiences, our prayers should not come across as though we are making wishes to a fairy, but our prayers should resemble a conversation with our father. My kids never come to me and run down the list. 
of names to sound like they really know you. They don't come in the room and say, Antonio Durrell Johnson Sr., alias known as Julio, old pop from the foundation, can you please give, they don't have to go through all of those names, but when you have a relationship, you could just say daddy. And daddy, watch this, includes all that I am. Daddy includes Antonio, it includes Darrell, it includes Johnson, it includes Pop, it includes Julio, and it even includes Pastor. It catches it all. And so when this man calls on God, he calls all that God is. <laughs> he calls all that he is. He don't call on him as a fairy, but he calls on him as a father. This is how we maintain our connection to God in the valley. And when you maintain your connection to God in the valley, it will help you to discover victory in the valley. Secondly, if we're going to discover victory in the valley, not only must we maintain our connection to God, but we also must maintain our commitment to God. I really wanted to go somewhere with this. Started to talk about everybody who get off of everything when you're going through the valley. <laughs> I started to talk about everybody that shout their troubles over until their troubles take them over. <laughs> and after that, not only will they not serve, they won't even show up. <laughs> it's bad when you won't even show up when you ain't even get, got to get out of bed. That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah, I, I was going to talk about how you're just as bad as some people that you can give a job laying down and they'll get up. <laughs> Y'all will get that one on the way home. There are some people when they are going through, any excuse will do. Woo! But here it is, watch this. Consistency has nothing to do with your circumstances. C commitment has nothing to do with your situation. In the words of the older saints, I'm going to look right in the camera, either you is, or either you ain't. Is you is or is you ain't. Ooh, I better call a name. Y'all English people, don't come bombard me with that. <laughs> I know what I said. I don't need you correcting my grammar right now. You want to correct something, correct your actions. Woo-hoo! They just laid back down in the bed. They set up when I said, is you is. Did he just say? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Watch this, here it is. If, if we're going to discover victory in the valley, not only must we maintain our connection to God, but we also must maintain our commitment to God. Look at verses 8 through 13. It says, you have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears each day. I beg for your help. Oh, Lord, I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Uh, then it says, can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? Oh, Lord. I cry out to you, here it is, I will keep on pleading day by day. Look at this commitment. The psalmist is crying out to God. He even begins to question God. 
And when you read this particular psalm in its entirety, you would discover that in his crying out and even in his questioning of God, God never responds. Read it. Throughout all 18 verses of this particular psalm, God is silent. He does not respond to the brokenhearted cry of this man. God doesn't even give him a hint that he is listening to his cry. This does not mean that God doesn't care for this man. It, it, it doesn't mean that he don't care about what he's going through. It simply means that God chose not to answer. And when God chooses not to answer, we have to be careful not to begin to draw our own conclusions. See, when we don't hear from God, we start to come up in our own mind with why God is not answering. We start to put things on ourselves that maybe God has not put on us. This man is saying, God, you're punishing me. I've been like this since I was young, God. This has to do something with my, has, has to do with my sins. What, what, what's going on? But the truth of the matter is, we really don't know. Because God never responds. And it's not that he does not care for this man. It just means that he chose not to answer. And when God chooses not to answer, watch this, we have to still be committed to stay connected. Woo. We, we, we can't stop praying just because we're not hearing. You still have to commit. He said, watch this, I will keep on pleading day after day. Here it is. When God is silent during our valley experiences, we can rest assured that his silence is not because he is startled, but he is silent because he is sovereign. Say it one more time. When God is silent during our valley experiences, we can rest assured that his silence is not because he is startled, but he is silent because he is sovereign. And if we are going to discover victory in the valley through our commitment to God, we have to learn to submit to his sovereignty. And just in case someone listening today does not know what the sovereignty of God is, allow me to elaborate for just one second. The sovereignty of God is the Christian teaching that God is the supreme authority and all things are under his control. In other words, sovereignty is an attribute of God based on the premise that God as the creator of heaven and earth has the absolute right and full authority to do or allow whatever he desires. Baptist translation he can do whatever he wants to do with whomever he wants to do for however long he wants to do it and he don't need our permission. So when God is silent, watch this, we don't have to lose hope in our situation because we know that he is still in control of our situation. Even though God never responded and remained silent in our text, the psalmist does not give up on God, but he continues to cry out to God. And regardless of what our situation may be, we have to never give up on God, but we have to learn to submit to his sovereignty. All I'm trying to tell somebody this morning is not to allow the lack of an explanation of your situation to cause you to stop seeking the expiration of your situation. 
Say it one more time. Somebody coffee pot was too loud. They ain't here. All I'm trying to tell you this morning is not to allow the lack of an explanation of your situation to cause you to stop seeking the expiration of your situation. In other words, quit focusing on an explanation. God does not owe you or, or I an explanation about why we are going through what we're going through or how long we're going to go through what we're going through. That is none of our business. He does not own us owe us an explanation. So instead of focusing on an explanation, you ought to set your focus on the expiration. In other words, down in your spirit, regardless of what it looked like, you ought to have something in your spirit saying, trouble don't last always. Something down on the inside of you ought to be telling you that it's going to be all right in the morning. Something down on the inside of you should say, you know what? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Stop focusing on an explanation nation that you may never get but start focusing on an expiration because it won't be this way always I know it may look bleak right now but you have to trust that God still has a plan you have to trust that God is still at work you have to believe that God can still make a way out of no way uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Uh, when we understand God's ways are higher than ours, uh, and when we understand that God still has a plan, um, it helps us to submit to, to his sovereignty. He don't owe us anything. He don't have to tell us why. He don't have to tell us when. Because he is God all by himself. All we have to do is stay committed. I got to move to my last point. But I also need to share this with you before I move on. If you are discouraged by God's silence, uh, might I suggest to you that in conjunction with submitting to his sovereignty, you should also search the scriptures. Because if you search the scriptures, you will see in the book of Job. You don't have to go there, chapter 10, verse 1 through 22. When Job was going through his valley experience, God was silent for a long time. But because Job never gave up on God, and because Job refused to curse God and die, even though God was silent, through that silence, he brought about restoration. It's not just in Job. But when you check the scriptures, search the scriptures, Matthew chapter number 27, verse 45 through 46, it says, At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. And about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, latte sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But even when Jesus called out, God was silent. <laughs> I'm just trying to help somebody feel good because you, you, you feel like you ain't even belonging to God because you don't hear nothing. But watch this. It's not just you. But sometimes when you're going through your valley experience, God has an M.O. of being quiet. God has an M.O. of being silent. He was silent with Job for a long time. And the Bible says that when Jesus said, Eli, Eli, Lata, Sabbatini, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? God was silent. But because Jesus was committed and because he never came down from the cross, even though God was silent, through his silence, he brought about redemption. 
I said all of that so that somebody can understand that just because God is not talking to you in your situation, it does not mean that he is not working in your situation. You don't even know when to shout. You, You got to understand, watch this, that you don't always hear what you want to hear. But as long as it's still working, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Okay, y'all still ain't getting real quick, real quick. Uh, when, when I first got my car, I was at the stoplight. I had my radio on, and I was like, I don't hear anything. I, I cut the radio down, and I did not hear my engine. And I said, oh, no. Paid too much money for this. Uh-uh, we can't, we can't get, we can't have this. I said, what in the world? And so I said, well, let, let me see something. Hold on. And I hit the gas. And when I hit the gas, I said, Vroom. I said, hold up. I took my foot off again. Watch this. In other words, I was sitting still. <laughs> and when I was sitting still, I couldn't hear nothing. Ooh. But it was not until I decided to move forward. <laughs> that I started hearing something to let me know everything is still working. <laughs> All I'm trying to tell somebody is if you're going to throw a pity party and sit there with your legs crossed and sit still and not do nothing, you'll never hear a thing from God. But the moment you make up in your mind that you're not going to let this situation hold you down, but you're about to move forward, I promise you, you'll begin to hear something in the spirit because God does not always have to talk to you in your situation to let you know that he is working in your situation. I got to get ready to go because I held you too long. So I'm going to give you this last point then I'm going to celebrate with some friends real quick and then I'm going home for good. Watch this. If you're going to discover victory in the valley, you first have to maintain your connection to God. Secondly, in order for you to maintain or to discover victory in the valley, you have to maintain your commitment to God. But then lastly, in order to discover victory in the valley, you must maintain your celebration of God. I told you in the beginning of the sermon that this particular psalm seems as though it's all doom and gloom. That's what it looked like at first glance. When you read it, and, and many people will find it hard to even discover a reason to celebrate. But when I went back over this song to find a reason to celebrate, I did not have to read any farther than the first six words of verse number one. Trip me out, ship. Because when I read it the first time, I just read it because I was starting to read the scripture. But when I went back and read it the next time, those words leaped out at me. Uh, the first six words of verse number one says, Oh Lord, God of my salvation. This lets me know that even though this man is going through a valley experience, he is still a child of God. This is not the prayer of a heathen. (laughs) This is not the prayer of a non-believer. This is not the prayer of an atheist, but this is the prayer of one of God's own that is looking to him for his salvation. And when you understand that God is your salvation and that you belong to him, 
Even in the valley, you have a reason to celebrate. You can celebrate because you understand that even in the valley, if you don't have anything else while you are in the valley, you have the presence and the protection of your Lord and Savior. Y'all missed that one. Watch this. When you are in the valley, you can celebrate even while you're in the valley because you understand more than ever the true scripture of Psalm 23 that says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Here it is. The shepherd is leading but if the shepherd is leading why did it say yea though I walk? Through the valley of the shadow of death. See, some of y'all need to go back and ask for forgiveness. Because when you've been in the valley, all you wanted to do was blame the devil. All you wanted to know is the devil got me here. The devil led me here. But can I tell you some of your valley experiences? It has nothing to do with the devil. It has nothing to do with your sin. But the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. The psalmist said that he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But then he goes right into this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why not? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Tell somebody I might be in the valley, but just because I'm in the valley, it does not mean I am alone. He said in his word, he'll never leave me, nor will he forsake me. When you are a child of God, you can celebrate in the valley because you understand more than ever the scripture that says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple watch this for in the time of trouble he shall hide me whether that trouble is on the mountaintop he knows how to hide me but even if that trouble comes while I'm in the valley he still knows how to hide me tell somebody down in the comment section when I find in the midst of a valley experience regardless of what it looks like and in spite of what it feels like I made up in my mind this one thing I will do what is that I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth 
shall make her boast in the Lord. The almost shall hear thereof and be glad. I need somebody to understand that you can't wait to get on the mountaintop to open up your mouth and celebrate God. But you ought to learn how to shout while you still down in the valley. You ought to shout to the people on the mountain start to wonder what's going on in the valley. You ought to shout until the people that's on the mountaintop think you gone crazy down in the valley. I don't know what valley you may be in today, but I want you to know that whatever valley you may be in, you can still claim the victory. If you're in the valley, call grief. Open up your mouth and claim your victory. And say, victory is mine. Victory is mine. If you're in the valley of sickness, open up your mouth and claim your victory because he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him and with his stripes you are healed. If you're in the valley of depression, you gotta still claim your victory. Because this joy, yeah, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away if you're in the valley of poverty. You still gotta claim your victory. Why? Because God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. If you're in the valley of loneliness, you can still claim your victory because he said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. How is it that you say, I can claim my victory even in the valley? The reason you can claim your victory, even while you're in the valley, is because you're not in the valley alone. But I heard a testimony one day of a friend who was in the valley. And in his testimony, he let me know that he was not in the valley alone. But there was a lily in the valley. And it was shining bright as a morning star. Not only did he tell me that there was a lily in the valley, but he went on to testify and he told me somebody that found joy down in the valley. Somebody they found peace down in the valley. Somebody, somebody, somebody they found love down in the valley. Somebody, they found hope down in 
the valley. So if you are in the valley, this is not a time to throw a pity party. But I declare unto you, it's a great time for a praise party down in the valley with just me, myself, and I. Me and the Lord gonna have a good time. I'll shout my troubles over down in the valley. I'll sing my troubles over down in the valley. And sooner or later, I'll find myself coming out of the valley. How do you know that you're gonna come out of the valley? Because in the text, it never shows him getting out of the valley. But in the text, it showed him pleading to the lily of the valley. And I heard you say, if the lily of the valley is my way out, yeah, he's my way in, and he's my way through. But whatever he's doing, whether he's taking me out, whether he's bringing me in, or whether he's carrying through, I'll do my dance while he do whatever he have to do. Because I made up in my mind that I can't wait for God to come through to give him a praise. But I have a prophetic praise deep down on the inside of me. It says, God, I don't know how. God, I don't know when. God, I don't know where. But before I get to win, before I get to where, before I get to how, this dance is for you. Because I know a man who can do anything. He can fix all of your troubles. He can heal all of your diseases. And if you believe that, then don't wait till he fix your troubles. If you believe that, don't wait till he heal your diseases. But right where you stand, you ought to wave your hand. Right where you stand, you ought to leap for joy. Right where you stand, you ought to clap your hands. Because God is worthy of the glory. God is worthy of the praise. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is worthy. He's worthy in the morning. He's worthy in the evening. He's worthy late in the midnight hour. And because he's worthy, you ought to give him the glory that is due his name. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm not trying to minimize your valley. I'm not telling you your grief is not real. It is. I'm not telling you your depression is not real. It is. I'm not telling you your loneliness is not real. It is. And I'm not telling you your troubles 
are not real because they are. But can I tell you something else I know about real? Jesus is real. And because he's real, he can help you discover victory in the valley. It's okay to grieve, but you ought to still be able to shout in your grief. Because if nothing else, he's still looking after you. All I'm trying to tell somebody is don't get so consumed in your valley that you lose your connection to God. Don't get so consumed in the valley that you lose your commitment to God. And don't get so consumed in the valley that you lose your celebration of God. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of where you may be in life, you still got to give God a praise. When you opened your eyes, that was a reason to give God praise. With every breath you take, that's a reason to give God glory. So yes, you may be in the valley, but you don't have to accept defeat in the valley. But you can claim your victory on your way to deliverance from the valley. I'm done. I'm done. Perhaps you're here today. You're listening. You don't know the Lord and the free pardon of your sins. You, you, you really can't call on God consciously because you don't know him. You've been calling on him casually. But today, I want to extend to you the opportunity to call on him consciously. you want to get into a relationship with the Lord, if you want to give your life over to Christ, if you want to be saved, we offer Christ to you. It's not a game. It's not a gimmick. You don't have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. The Bible simply simply states all you have to do is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, then you shall be saved. If that's you, you want to give your life to the Lord, we offer Christ to you. Give us a call. The number is on your screen, 877-295-4888. Give them a call. Let them know that you want to give your life to the Lord. They're going to pray with you. They're going to walk you through the plan of salvation. Then they're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. It's just that simple. Secondly, you may be listening today, watching today. You say, you know what, Pastor, at one time I was walking with the Lord. But I felt like this man in the psalm today. That I continued to call on God, but God was quiet. And I absolutely lost my connection to God. I lost my commitment to God. I lost my celebration of God. So I went back out into the world. But today, after hearing that message... I want to rededicate my life back to the Lord. If that's you, you're in a backslidden condition, I want you to know that God is married to the backslider. He's waiting with his arms wide open. So if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, the number is still on the screen. Give us a call, 
295-4888. Let them know that you want to rededicate your life back to the Lord. They're going to pray with you. They're going to walk you through the plan of rededication. They're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. But you have to make the first step. Give us a call. Then perhaps you're watching today. You say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I'm in right relationship with the Lord. But today I don't have a covering in my life. I don't have a church home. I'm not connected to a local church body. You've been checking this out for a while. You've prayed about it. And God has told you that this is the place that you are to call home. This is the place that you are to connect with. If that is you, and you desire to be a member of this local church body, we offer Christ to you as well. Phone number is on the screen, 877-295-4888. Give us a call. Let us know that you want to become a part of this church body. Amen. Let us know that you're already a Christian, and then we're going to receive you upon your Christian faith and your Christian experience. After that, we're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. But you have to give us a call. Then last, but certainly not least, today you're watching. And you say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I'm already in right relationship with the Lord. I'm already a member of the church. Or perhaps you're not a member of the church. You may be visiting with us, but today you desire prayer. Today you, you need someone that will touch and agree with you. Today you need someone that will intercede on your behalf. If that's you, we offer Christ to you as well. Give us the number 877-295-4888. Let them know that you desire prayer. They're going to listen to your prayer request. They're going to keep it in the strictness of confidence. They're going to pray with you. And then after they pray with you, they're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. If that's you, give us a call, 877-295-4888. In these four areas, if you need salvation, if you need rededication, if you desire membership, or if you need someone to pray for you, in these four areas, we offer Christ to you. The day that you hear his voice, Harden not your heart. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for all that he has done, for all that he is doing, and all that he shall continue to do. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And again, thank you for joining us today uh, here at Bethel Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We pray that you have enjoyed the Lord with us. We have just a few pastoral observations we want to make you aware of, and then we will have our benediction. Amen. Join us online for virtual Sunday school. Stay on track with your Sunday school lesson by visiting the homepage, bbc-ministries.org, and click the Sunday school option at the top menu to access classes for all ages. Also, join us each and every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. sharp. 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning, you can dial into the prayer line by calling 712 432-3900 and you can use the access code 723-410 723-410 is the access code also Wednesday night Wednesday night Bible study 
is at 7 o'clock p.m. on our Zoom platform. Uh, the Zoom meeting ID is 865-4849-7916. And the password is lowercase bbcm. Amen. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Also, uh, quick reminder to all of our youth to get reconnected and plugged back in uh, to the Young Life Ministry, uh, ages 6 to 18. Uh, join us each Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, to replug. It, you can join us by using the meeting ID on Zoom, 827-2433-1850. And again, that passcode is BBCM, all lowercase. And then last but not least, uh, the Marriage Ministry is hosting uh, CHOP. Chopped, uh, the duo edition. This is a twist on the popular Food Network show. Uh, so grab your spouse or a friend and join us uh, for an evening of fun, cooking, and creativity. Uh, this event takes place on Saturday, April the 24th, uh, 2021. It's going to be at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, via Zoom. Uh, there is a cash prize. There's a cash prize for the winner. Registration is required. Uh, and it is free, and you can register by visiting the Church Center app or by visiting bbc-ministries.org forward slash chopped, and we will see you there. Uh, so again, keep all of these announcements in mind and do govern yourselves accordingly. Hey man, why don't you tell somebody down in the comment section that God loves you, and so do I, as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you now for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, what our hearts have felt. Father, we thank you for the word of God on today. We pray that we'll hide that word deep within our hearts that we may not sin against thee. Now, God, as we get ready to leave uh, this place, but never your presence. Go with us and stand by us until we all meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.